You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Grand Rising and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, and we got a amazing thorough Thursday show for you. Of course, uh, uh, throwback Thursday as well. And I'm excited because I get to do this with my co-host with the most big O. What up, big O? Trey Holiday. Hey, how are you, my friend? Can you feel it? Hey, can <laughs> Can you can you feel it? You know, Thursday there, this is my last day of the yeah, week here. You this know, I my, feel it. This is my Friday. I got I got to point out a few things here, right? It's one. I see the bomb face, yeah, huh? Uh, I go, see go you ahead, with the blues. Go ahead, get bomb face some love. Hey man, let's give bomb face some love today. You guys check out Bomb Face Co on Instagram, all the different platforms. Shout out to you, Matt Wells. You're doing an amazing job, and I'm gonna tell you right now, the hoodie is official. You know, it's nice and thick. It's nice and right. He got it designed on tight, man. Official like a referee whistle. Yeah, huh? absolutely. <laughs> All right, good stuff. You said throwback Thursday. It's real interesting here today, right? Because not only we're we gonna throw it back here on the story off the wall, but Colleen Echohawk is here, so we're throwing it back eight generations. <laughs> <laughs> we we go there. She is okay. We we taking it all the way back. Colleen Echohawk is here, man. It's a pleasure to have her in. The Black Media Matters Studios. Yeah. Last time we saw Colleen on, on the Morning Update show, we were down there just four blocks away on Washington Street. And it was a different Colleen. I got to tell you, man, it was political season then. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And this, this is a bright, shiny ball of energy. This Colleen Echohawk is here in the studio this morning. And I know you're going to talk to her about what they're doing at 8th Generation, which is actually our neighbors just right up the street there at Pike Place. Yeah, this is really exciting to have Colleen in the building. I think, you know, it's great for us, again, to always be showcasing what's happening. And I love it when we can do it with our neighbors. So I'm glad Colleen is back in the building. First time in the Black Media Matter Studios. And already she's like, "Woo, y'all, this is a step up. Yeah, we're moving forward. <laughs> yeah, no, the best thing is, it's like it's community. So we all yeah. moving together. That's right. You know, all right, we're going to get it going. Going. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. Remind you, right now is the perfect time for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with people you feel would appreciate culturally relevant news and information emanating from right here in the Emerald City. Want to give a big shout out to our partners over at KBCS 91.3 over at Bellevue College and the South Seattle Emerald. You can listen to the Morning Update Show anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. Salman's got SoundCloud and the links over there, but you can also go to Google, Spotify, iTunes. All you have to do is search Converge Media Network. Man, you know, I didn't have enough time. I was I was talking about I was coming here. This is the time we talk about uh, here for us. Wild.org, and we will. Man, the crypto who, who's on crypto over here? You on crypto, Salman? Yeah. Oh, not, 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 look, look, he's happy about that. He said, no, just, just a little bit. Woo. A trillion dollars wiped out my friend. And you know, when it all comes out, it's, there's a lot of theories going on right now, but it looks like, you know, like crypto was a place for like, you know, crypto bros and, and, and crypto you know what I'm saying? But the big, the big retail banks got it, got involved. And man, it looks like, you know, it's just some power moves by the big dogs over there, man. It, it's a lot of people right now who, it, man, it's no joke. It is so much money that's been wiped out. For example, there was a, basically a, a coin or there was trading at $100, right? And it's now at like five cents. 
So, you know, if you only invested 100, you lost 100. But, you know, some people are invested in 20,000, 50,000, 100,000. So you can imagine now a tremendous that overnight. And so the people who can stay in the market, this is when you make money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's um, it's uh, what's his name? The or- Oracle Omaha. I'm forgetting his name right now, but he was like, that's where money is made at bear markets. You know, because if you got bread, that's where you clean up. Yeah. But it's a lot of people, man, that put the money in crypto and, you know, um, they ain't got long money. So it's uh, this is going to be a big story. I was going, it's a lot of money that's just gone. Well, this is why I think a lot of people were skeptical of crypto anyway, because of the challenge that it positioned itself um, towards, you know, major banks. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, the start of this country. We're talking about like the foundation of financials, man. And so the fact that there was something that was going to be like, oh, we're new age. We're challenging you in terms of that regard. man. a lot of people are like, I'm good because eventually this is going to happen. Well, you got to think, too and we shouldn't be naive about it, is that the powers that be crypto gave, gives people an opportunity to disrupt the wealth balance, Absolutely. not only in America, but around the world. So now you, you got to think if you're a population of people that are out of power, that are marginalized and everything else, the, the way crypto is set up, it creates, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're able to, to disrupt the status quo around wealth. Mm-hmm. And if you think that people are going to stand by, not only here in America, but look at all these countries around the world, especially a totalitarian country. You know what I'm saying? Think of some of these countries, you know, under dictatorship and everything else. And now, you know, average Joe could just be balling out of control. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm sending a lot of love to people out there, man, who've, who've lost like literally overnight. And they just saw, you know what I'm saying? All their other. All yeah. So that this I bring that up. was just a big story. Yeah. Other big story, too. Is man Joe, President Biden, brother? Look, man, this might the, his his thing might be working on some people because they keep doing it right. But he just he just keep pointing fingers at stuff, right? You know, he's like, well, you know, this is bad because of Ukraine. This is bad because Trump did this. This is bad, whatever. I'm just be honest with you, man. It's like nobody's really hearing that when they're, when they're paying like over $5 a gallon and everything else. You just, you know, step your shoulders back and be like, hey, you know what? I'm the captain of this ship. I'm accountable. This is what I'm going to do instead of, you know, it's so it's really it's the blame game tour going on right now as President Biden moves across America. I'm going to tell you this passive nature and this passive approach does not work for those who have dealt with it for generation after generation. I'm going to tell you there's already been people who are like man look you're not about to be keep on coming back to us needing that vote over and over again and doing nothing for the people that you say you're going to do something for right now. This is something we're all dealing with when we talk about inflation when we talk about us having to pay top dollar at the pump top dollar at the grocery stores everywhere is really seeing this inflation level you gotta own that man as the 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 president you can't really be talking about the factors that you know play into it because nobody cares about that what they really do care about is what you're going to do about it and if you don't have a strong strategy and approach to that that's when people start to really think that you're not fit to lead i'm gonna tell you right now because leaders have to create those pathways oh (laughs) and you know, my political, I, I told you, I'm like that that guy who ran for mayor for uh, New York 10, 12 years ago. The party I'm in is I'm in the rents too damn high. 
<laughs> and so I'm in the rinse too damn high party, and now everything is too damn high. And you know, I mean, fortunately for me, for me, it's not as impacting as as a lot of other people. I live right here in the city. I walk most places or use transport. You know what I'm saying? I got I can get goods at a, at a reasonable price. I don't have small kids that are just growing, growing, growing out of their shoes and clothes and everything else. I mean, I'm not driving in, you know, 40, 50 minutes every day back and forth. So the, the actual the way this impacted me is a bit smaller yeah. compared to everybody else that I, that I know. It's like, yo, they getting hammered, dog. No, I, we are. I'm, I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm one of those people. You, yeah, where, like, where the meme is me, like, people are getting yeah, hammered. It's like, and it says, me, I'm people. I'm me, people. I, I am. I'm going to tell you because I was just having this conversation with my parents and it's so interesting because, you know, my son's two strong little boys really growing up I am dealing with it I'm like oh my goodness the grocery bill is sky high um we're seeing my my, my electricity bill is sky high I'm like what is going on I, I'm literally like on some y'all better layer up wear that sweatshirt to bed don't be turning on no heat around here man Look, no heat in my it, house it, we, we, we thought we thought we was able to 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 make a change one generation later, but what one generation later? Look, it's it's back to it's back to like what? Because hey, it's a big difference. Big Mama tell you, it's a big difference between sixty eight and seventy two. And you know the kids is comfortable at, at seventy two, yes. but you know that thing you put it at sixty eight, you learn you burn. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to see who's sneaking up in the middle of the night, huh? Wait yeah. up. Who touched the thermostat? <laughs> hey, you can tell as soon as you walk through the house, too, because I'm like, nah, uh who got some heat on around here? My kids already know. So it's become a thing. It's a real thing. They know get that extra blanket. I'm where if I gotta wear a sweatsuit to bed, I'm wearing some sweat. Like I'm gonna tell you right now, man. I told them, I said, you guys need to differentiate between what sweats you want to wear outside and what sweats you can wear on the inside, man. Seriously. Get that robe. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mr. President, you've heard it directly from Trey Holiday. <laughs> the rent and the heat is too damn high. <laughs> we gonna we gonna have to do something about this, man. Please, please. Yeah, yeah. but you know it's it's impacting, and this is you know so it's a lot of it's a lot of big stories are out there. I know that we had touched like you know initially I'm saying with COVID. But this this inflation is out there. This this crypto, you know, it's like I said, there's a lot of money that just disappeared. But um, before we move on, <laughs> I did want to get back to our original point. Uh, here for us, wall.org, culturally curated uh, information and resources for people who are vaccine hesitant or people who might be vaccinated. They're talking about, you know, booster shot or two or three yeah. or five. <laughs> Uh, testing locations and stuff like that. You know, it's important. Though. I mean, one thing I, I could dig about this website is they trying to keep it real, man. And then, like, you know, you know how people are feeling in community. So it isn't preachy like you. It's, it's like, you know, it's like the voice talking. Hey, we know you don't trust a lot of what you see and hear on TV. We feel you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> we got some info for you though, but you know it's real. The, the best thing is, is you know, it's uh, it's coming from a good place, and we we've always left a lot of space and grace right here for people, you know, who are unvaccinated, away from the vaccine, and everything else. But we definitely want to make resources available. 
Yeah, this is a, a great resource uh, all around. And, you know, even for those who are vaccinated that are just trying to maybe get some information as things are coming out. That's my thing is that, you know, this is something we're all dealing with in terms of the progression of it. You know, who knew that two years later we would still be finding ourselves dealing with COVID um, because it was so new to the entire globe. So, you know, this is a great resource. I, I encourage people to check it out. If you are still looking to figure out what's up, where can you get vaccinated? You know, where can you get a booster? You know, listening to stories of others who may have been in similar situations as yourself. Check out here for us. Why.org. It's a lot. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying it's like I know I got less than 30 seconds here, but it's we just get it coming and going. You know, like, I mean, there, there's there's so much reasonable misinformation black people have around government and, and medical and everything else. And so we're resistant. And then, you know, because of these health disparities, us, our native brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying, hit disproportionately, right? And then, you know, with, with, I mean, our business is wiped out, you know, uh, you talk about transfer of wealth, transfer of wealth, you know, we, we, we lost a lot of businesses and everything else and all these things. We be so impacted mm -hmm. and it just, it catches us coming and going. It's just, it's, man, anyways, you know. Clearly, clearly, you know, Carly Echohawks here. So clear, clearly the hundreds of years long yeah. <laughs> story of what's uh, gone wrong here isn't going to end in this episode right. of the Morning Update <laughs> show. So I'll keep it moving and lively and upbeat. But man, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Carly's like, well, actually, I can tell you a story, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> All right. So, man, another reason why I'm always happy on Thursday it's just throwback Thursday, and it gives us an opportunity to uplift and highlight this amazing, iconic interview wall here and the photography of Al Smith and photos here from the Black Heritage Society of Washington State. You know, when when designing this studio, we knew that we wanted a centerpiece here, but that could also acknowledge things that we talk about all the time, how our, our history, our culture, our legacy, because a lot of these things aren't visible anymore mm -hmm. a lot due to gentrification and displacement and everything else when we look here and we're able to see literally black excellence here on this wall and so in partnership with the black heritage society of washington state which is dope sjt stephanie johnson toliver we launched throwback thursday where every week she takes the image here off the wall and tells us a story about it today is man this is this is a great segment. You guys are going to love this. It turns out back in the 1930s, there was a, a black semi-pro football team here called the Bungie Blackhawks, right? And it was it was owned by, by Noodles Johnson. And Noodles owned a Bungie club and then also the Black and Tan. Mm. He was the owner of the team and they played at Civic Stadium, which is now Memorial Stadium. And in 1937, these brothers were so cold. They were the first six, six games, they never even gave up a, a touchdown, mm. right? And one of uh, members of the team went to Garfield High School. Sam Bruce went on uh, during World War II to become a Tuskegee Airman. Here's Stephanie Johnson Tolliver with Throwback Thursday. Hello, history lovers and all you curious folks out there 
who are interested in this fantastic mural wall behind me at Converge Media Studio. If it's Thursday, it's Throwback Thursday. And my name is Stephanie Johnson Tolliver. I am president at the Black Heritage Society of Washington State. The photo of the Eubangi Blackhawks is on this mural wall near the top of the wall. They were a predominantly black semi-pro football team in Seattle. They played for the Community League in the 1930s. They often played at Seattle Civic Stadium. It was at the foot of Queen Anne. It's where Memorial Stadium site is now. Black fans would show up decked out in their Sunday attire, not the team wear that we see today that are the jerseys and caps, uh, but more uh, gloves and hats. And the men were smoking cigars. That's interesting in the stands for that time, but it was 1930. The team was sponsored by the nightclub owner, Noodle Smith, who was said to be present for every game. Co-managing the team was Noodle's associate, Bruce Rawell. Team's financial and physical health was everything that he attended to. Noodles was owner of the Yubangi nightclub, later the Black and Tan. But the Yubangi 1936 to 1938, where Bruce was also an assistant. Here's a funny story. The patrons at the Yubangi, the nightclub, may have needed to avoid a police raid. They could escape through an underground tunnel that led across the street to the Club Royale. Hmm. In 1937, the Blackhawks were considered the most sensational team in the league. Their performances were held in the local Black newspapers. The Blackhawks won the first six games of the season without allowing a single score. They were unstoppable, and they won the 1937 Community League Championship. The Blackhawks had a roster of players that were among the best in the league. I'll call out two of them. Brennan King. Brennan played for Garfield High School and went on to semi-pro in the community league. His stats were far above most and he won a trophy one year, I believe it was 1937, for most popular player. He would go on to coach in the league. Another familiar face in that photo, Sam Bruce. Sam Bruce, also a Garfield High School graduate, was a sensational player. He was an active sportsman across all sports at Garfield, but football, he loved it. He and Brennan were close friends and both would go on to attend North Carolina A&T. From there, Sam volunteered to join the Tuskegee Airmen in 1940. In 1944, while pursuing a German fighter, he was shot down. His body was recovered and buried in Italy, but eventually it was returned to Seattle where he is buried now at Washelli Cemetery. In his honor, the local chapter of the Tuskegee Airmen is named for him the Sam Bruce chapter of Tuskegee Airmen. The Blackhawks team was rekindled for the 1938 season as the Black and Tan 
Blackhawks. But without some of the best players on the roster, they didn't have that same success that they'd had in the years before. The team folded in 1939. If these walls could talk, you heard it here. Oh, I love that if these walls could talk. And it is so true uh, when we uh, really understand the brilliance of this wall that uh, is behind us and that I get to be in the presence of um, every single day. You know, you know, what I love about this series is the depth of knowledge, you know, coming from Black Heritage Society and SJT, because there's so much continuity in terms of the connections. You're talking about an underground tunnel from the from the club. You're talking about the stats of this team um amazing segment all around always so insightful oh yeah and that there it is they can't see it on the camera it's not wide enough but yeah there there's a, a bungie blackhawks mm -hmm. right you know right there I and mean, that was squat <laughs> garfield high school of course you know, <laughs> talked about but you know i mean it's it's important this is why it's important that if you know my dad says it all the time is that History is is really controlled by the people with the pen. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And we know that if we allow, people will write us out of history. They'll write us out of history. And that's is for sure. And, you know, no one's going to be able to say that we weren't here, that we weren't present and that our stories don't have value and you know and everything else and i think that's why you know people people around here it's funny because people kind of sometimes assume a lot of things about me right and they probably assume that oh man you know there's this this at city hall going on and the mayor did this and the police chief did that man they're always this this, this crap you know, it's city hall what i love if you want, if you ever want to know what I love is this. And when, when, when Ruben, who's the editor, great job, Ruben. And this was actually shot by Salman Abukwashi, this mm -hmm. whole series shot by Salman. But Ruben, uh, cause he's two hours ahead of us. And so sometimes he'll hit me and he gets so early. It'd be middle of the night. And I told him I got a special ringer for him. I wake up in the middle of the night. So, you know, so we could work on this. Is this right? Is this right? Is that right? That's how much these segments, they, they mean to me, like in our history and our culture and our traditions mean to me. You know, everything we put on air is important, but Ruin got his own ringer. <laughs> well, something is really special about this series in general. And um, even just being able to talk to SJG every time, there's always such a thorough line of how this history unfolds now and for us to be very cognizant of it learning about it and be connected to it oh because you're right we are able now to carry these stories forward and I think it's so important this entire series because it really brings it into another you know medium in terms of TV and bringing it out to the masses I love it all around I, I see real quick I know I got a hop we, we got Colleen waiting but I see that Salman had just put up a, a comment there from Stephanie Johnson Tolliver so she's watching there yeah, there it is right it there is. letting everybody know where the website is at man you follow along i want to tell you you know i, I i'm fortunate you know I, i'm able to, to to call stephanie johnson to her auntie i say auntie auntie so auntie i want to tell you how much we appreciate you here this was this was just an idea in my head and she was the first person i called i said man wouldn't it be great if we could do this and that and stephanie johnson Tolliver 
coordinate all these things, you know, with yeah. Mo High and Black Heritage Society and everything else. So I just want you to know that your work, this work that you've put in decades and decades, you know, being uh, not only a repository, but a, the uplifter and the amplifier of, of our history is, man, it's so meaningful and I appreciate you. Uh, it definitely is. And I echo those sentiments all around. You know, the love is genuine and it is real. We appreciate it so much. All right. Good, good stuff. This is a good day to talk about <laughs> culture and history. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm getting ready to get out of here. You know, you know early is, but Thursday is really like said it's not even my new Friday. It is my Friday. <laughs> but uh, before we go, coming up after the break, there she is, Colleen Akoha, CEO, Eighth Generation. She's going to tell, tell you all about Eighth Generation and their work. And, man, they got a lot of cool stuff down there. And it sounds like, you know, you know, we're always popping up on these right, businesses right. after we, we talk about it about air. So it sounds like me and you, we're going to have to run down there to Eighth Generation and really put our money where our mouth is. And the best thing is, is. We're not we're not discount people because, you know, we're always we're always like support black men. And we tell people don't be asking for no discount. That's right. So so we're going to go to eighth generation and we're not asking for no discount. We don't want nothing free. You know what I'm saying? We go we go see uh, what we can buy. and We can rock here on the morning update show. Yeah. Um, I'll just tell you this before we get out of here. I appreciate you. It's been another great week. Yeah, great you know? week around all around. Thank and you, I, I look forward to going and seeing The Marriage of Figaro, the opera with you on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Enjoy your Friday. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to get somewhere where it's not raining. <laughs> all right, we're going to break. You're watching the Morning Update Show. As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday, And of course, Beza and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faith. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now in the Black Media Matters studios and on set, Colleen Echohawk of 8th Generation. What's up, Colleen? Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here and just share with you guys a little bit about what we're doing at 8th Generation. Well, you know, I'm so glad we're able to catch up yeah. because the last time we saw you, oh, said it, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And now you've really settled into this CEO role at 8th Generation. Tell us what is 8th Generation and what you all do. 
Eighth Generation is a native lifestyle brand. That's what we are at the core. We are creating beautiful, beautiful products um, with native artists, native artists who have been doing this work from their with their ancestors, with their tribal community, um, making all this beautiful, beautiful art, and they're trusting us to take it to the marketplace. So we're creating everything from a mug to um, you know our beautiful wool blankets. That's what we're known for is our mm. wool blankets. They're beautiful. Um, they're a statement piece. They're beautiful over um, someone's couch or on your bed. And then we're also making textiles right here in Seattle. So mm. we're one of the we're one of the fastest growing native companies in the country. And then we also are kind of ch changing the way that we do business. So we're making our textiles. Um, right here in Seattle is our gold label um, products. And as you can tell from the way I'm talking about it, I am excited about it. I love it. I think we're changing people's hearts and minds when we get native products into people's homes. Mm -hmm. And so we're having a great time. Um, this is the best job I've ever had. I'm like happy. <laughs> well, I can tell. I mean, you know, Omari was talking about it a little bit uh, earlier too. Mm -hmm. just your energy. You know what yeah. I mean? When you when you are living yeah. in your purpose and you really oh, yeah. are able to settle with yeah. something that yeah. it resonates with you, that's huge. It's huge. It is. You know, Louis Gong, um, who was a Nooksack Chinese um, artist, he started this company. I've known him for a long, long time. And I can remember when he started the company, um, me and a lot of native folks, we were just so excited because he was bringing, he was just doing something so profound and new. And so my kiddos who are now um, 15 and 13, my 15 year old used to say, you know, when I'm old enough, I want to work eighth generation because wow. he saw himself represented in that, in that store, like in a way that you just don't see anywhere else. And so um, Louie called me and I was in the car and the kids were in the car and he said, Colleen, I think you should, think about this. Like, would you consider being the CEO of eighth generation? And I have some other, you know, fun job offers, but my kids, as soon as he was off, they're like, you have to do it, mom. Aww. You have to be cool. <laughs> do something cool. Um, running for mayor was not cool enough for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, now this is something that yeah. actually is amazing to hear because yeah. so often our kids are disconnected right. to the work that yeah. we do. I, I mean, I'm thankful that I really, I bring my sons <clears throat> into it yeah. so they can really see it. Yeah. But you're right. Like there's not yeah. enough of that connectivity. Yeah. How long has eighth generation been around? H Generation has been around 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 10 years. Like it was kind of a ramp up. Um, but then for the past five years, things have been just going so strong. We have our um, retail store right in Pike Place Market. And we do a lot of our um, retail sales right online. So you mm. can you can check out HGeneration.com right now. You can see authentic native art that is designed for everyone. And um, that to me is something that we're really trying to message to our larger community. Um, you know, we, we we live in in a native space. Like this yeah. is a native city. Seattle is a native city. This whole country is a native space. But how, when you look at your home and and you see what is reflected in your home, we see Western standards of interior design and um, what what is beautiful um, artwork in your home. It's generally from a Western perspective. Mm -hmm. It's you know Target and you know West Elm and yeah. you know Pier One is gone now. But you know, <laughs> and I like all that, right? Like I'm I'm a consumer of it too. But 
we as ethical buyers and 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 like you know Seattle is such a progressive city we want to reflect what the city is and I think that every single child in this country should have the experience of opening up their cupboard to bring get out a plate or a mug or whatever it might be and see native authentic native design and that and one thing I want to emphasize too is that when you buy from eighth generation there is money going back directly to those artists. Yeah. And you can go on our website. You can see every single artist, their profile, their tribal community, what they've done, what kind of art they're interested in doing. Um, and it's as it's just a phenomenal place to be. I'm so excited. Well, I got to tell you, I think it's really <clears throat> exciting in general, too, for uh, age generation to be able to be very intentional about this message. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, uh, as, as you were saying, sometimes people are like, well, is it OK right. for me to buy it? Right. Like, you know, hey, maybe I'm just this. That's yeah. not my culture. It's not representing yeah. it. is it okay yeah. but i love that you're like no this is for everyone yeah. and i think that you're absolutely right in terms of the messaging that we are here on native mm -hmm. land all of us who call ourselves right. americans we have to be very i think uh, knowledgeable mm -hmm. and and bringing that mm -hmm. history into our homes as best right. we can yeah. i know um for for me so much of it is about that open door you know for my kids to understand right. like this is built on mm -hmm. so many ethnicities yeah. that's what makes us different from a lot of other countries, mm -hmm. um, you know, as you as you are settling mm -hmm. into this role, you know, what are some of the most exciting things for you? Because obviously yeah. it's, you know, part of your culture, your yeah. heritage and your kids yeah. being excited about it. But for you on the everyday basis, you're getting <sighs> to see the, the reflection of yeah. these artists and yeah. pouring their love into it. Yeah. But what are some of the things that you just take away with you every day? You know, I think what's so exciting for me and thank what a great question, by the way. So thank you. I think what's so exciting for me is that we um, are working with native artists every day. We're working with 75% um, uh, of our staff are native um, and we are working for a tribe. We're owned by the Snoqualmie tribe, which is I love that I'm getting to work for a tribe. And and so every day we go in, we do the work. It's creative. It's um, fun. There's so many amazing um, possibilities like the possibilities are just so huge for a company. We're talking to major brands every single week who are interested in, in bringing our products into their um, retail stores. But the thing is, we have we have to help them. We have mm. to help them understand how to truly do this in a way that honors the artists, that honors the people there. You know, I, I was talking to one of those brands um, a couple of, um, a month ago now, and um, they were telling me, um, they, they said, hey, look at what we did. And they showed me uh, um, uh, several items that they had made for their store that had um, a native design on it. And they had actually worked with a native artist. So I was like, okay, great, applause. And then I said, well, how much did you, you know, what, how much you pay them? And they said, $500. And they made millions of dollars on that design. And so part of what is exciting for me is to say is to help educate that um, that that um, major brand. We have a, a decolonizing um, partnership model that we um, have worked already with brands like Starbucks and with and Brooks and other big big brands. And that was um, the incredible brainchild of our founder and, and previous CEO Louis Gong to say, "Here's how." You know, you as a, a major brand who has been a part of like, you know, harming Native community by not paying Native artists for their designs. Here's how you can change your ways mm -hmm. and do it the right way. And so my whole life 
and work has been around serving our homeless community, serving, you know, our communities who have been, you know, struggling and, 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 and we have, you know, high rates of poverty in the native community. I see eighth generation as a way to build prosperity in the native community, to lift all of us up, to say everyone, um, you know, you, you who are doing this amazing artwork, you deserve to be paid for it. You deserve to, to see the royalties of, of what you've been doing. And so, um, uh, to answer your question in a nutshell, eighth generation is about bringing prosperity to the native community and, and sharing our cultural art in a way that um, is appropriate, is a way that is a cultural appreciation and not just um, taking something from the native community. You know, this is important. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is where a lot of our um, ethnic cultures probably have some shared values yeah. and shared story right. because so much of it is about education, mm -hmm. yeah. not just within our own community, right. because people have to understand their worth. Mm -hmm. You know, you, th you think about even the education that the artist needs to understand, right. like these are not the kind of contracts or partnerships yeah. you enter. Yeah. You enter understanding that if you're doing a major mm -hmm. design and the brand is going to take that to another mm -hmm. level, you need to be getting proceeds of every single Absolutely. item that they Absolutely. sell that has that design yeah. on it. So, some of yeah. that is our internal education. But as you said, we deal with that so much here because right. of the capitalist mindset, this mm -hmm. idea that, hey, I'm going to make as much money as people are willing right. to pay for something. Yeah. And so yeah. it means that we're always having to have that balance yeah. in our communities. I talk about it from a black community perspective often. So I really appreciate hearing yeah. that because yeah. this is about us all, I think, collectively right. re-educating ourselves about how to do things in a more relational way, right. not transactional, because yeah. a lot of things right now are yeah. based on that first transaction. Absolutely. And we we that's one of our most common asked questions on our social media channels is, I am not native. Can I wear this? Can I buy that? What should I do? Um, so in response to that, we have an amazing TikTok channel. We want to invite everyone to take a look at. We have um, a couple of, of, uh, of our videos on TikTok that have gone um, viral. And one of them, in fact, has over 1.1 million views. Mm -hmm. And it's a very simple video that just says, can I, can I buy this as a non-native person? And yes, you can. Yes, you can. And, and, and the way that I, I, I love that we're talking about it in relationship, because that's what we're trying to do at eighth generation is say, build a relationship with this artist. Mm -hmm. Every single one of our products has a native artist behind it. And you can understand this artist. You can, um, you know, you can ask us questions about this artist. We actually have one of our um, amazing artists right at our store right now. And we're inviting people to come by and just take a look and talk to her and ask her questions and be in relationship with the product and with the artist. I just really appreciate that you guys are yeah. utilizing the digital space uh -huh. because it's important, but also that's where a lot of younger people are getting mm -hmm. their information, yep. their news, whatever. <clears throat> and so the idea to break the monotony mm -hmm. of, you know, hey, yeah. I, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm yeah. not sure if I can purchase yeah. this. To be able to put it out there for yeah. people is important, yeah. but also, you know, this is about a fun way of doing it. I think TikToks are like one of those things yeah, where it's, it's like, fun. you know, let's put some music yeah behind it. Let's put that yeah. little audio track. Right. Let's have fun with it, yeah. which I think is really um, showcasing a sign of the times we're in. A lot of people need these like tidbits of yeah. information so that, yeah. hey, you know, we're in a kind of popcorn right. society. You know, the attention span is yeah. shorter. So I love that you guys are doing that. I yeah. mean, as you think about, you know, some of the ways that, you know, you want to bring your brilliance mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. eighth generation as a CEO, what are some of the things that you're really excited for when you think about future projection mm -hmm. and the trajectory mm -hmm. of eighth generation? 
you know, we're doing some um, work on this understanding our customer. We're trying to understand, you know, who are our customers? Where, where to, what are they interested in buying? So we're doing a lot of, you know, market research, which is, has been really, really fun and compelling. Um, I think that um, the future of our company is really going to be focused on home goods mm -hmm. and, and understanding, you know, helping people feel good about, um, you know, bringing in, you know, native art into their home. Um, so we're, we're really excited about that. We think that there's a big, um, we know that there's a lot of interest there. Um, and we're also going to be doing some stuff for pets. <laughs> you know, this is a dog city, Seattle is. And so we're going to be um, doing some um, fun um, items for dogs. Um, and But I think the, that at the core of, of the future of the company is just building up our native team, yeah. building up our staff, building up the communities around us, supporting the Snoqualmie tribe. And I also just wanted to quickly just do a quick shout out to the makers of those TikToks because they have been unbelievable maya and cash have just done such a great job of of educating the community and um and it's just it's just making it really fun too right like we all want to watch something fun yeah <laughs> there's a lot of dark things going on a us. lot right. <laughs> right and i think too in terms of the history i mean what we were just talking about a little bit ago we we understand it so yeah. it's so much course correction yes needed right now and i yeah. love the fact that eight generation is a place mm -hmm. that we can all feel comfortable yeah. knowing yeah. that we're doing that work right. i think there's so many different things right where the real went to duramish mm -hmm. like there's a lot yeah. of different things that are right. happening where it's like how do i in terms of my consumerism right. how am i going to be more intentional to make sure yeah. that i am consuming in the right mm -hmm. ways and that i'm you know what i mean yeah moving using Absolutely. my dollar to Absolutely. really solidify my yes. values if you if you consider yourself a conscious buyer an ethical buyer there is no better place to go than eighthgeneration.com right now and check out our beautiful products that's the other thing i want to say about uh, that's exciting my hn is just getting to be in the process mm -hmm. of it and hearing and getting to talk to the artists and going back and forth with them back and forth and saying no really what do you want of course we have our ideas our, we have a brilliant design team but what, what do you want? What, is, what do you want this to look like? How can we continue to tell your stories? And so um, being a part of that has just been unbelievable. And we want everyone to know that every single product is so carefully curated by a Native artist for you for Triana, for yeah. um, Amari, for every, everyone. It's not just for a Native uh, audience, but it's for the, our non-Native community. Every time you do that, you help uplift Native artists and Native community. And it's just a great way to be involved. And also our products are cool. <laughs> Can I just say it? We have some really, really cool products. Um, next time I come on, I want to just bring some of them yeah. and show you what show you what we do. And um, I mentioned it at the beginning, but um, I am so proud of our gold label products um you'll see more and more of those those are textiles that are made right here in seattle and it can be pretty incredible to go back there and you see like some of our staff who have history as um or danae navajo people who've always done weaving and that they're back there running these big machines you know native people we evolve yeah. you know we adapt um we're here and we are thriving in this space and we want everyone to know about it well i gotta say before we let you go uh you know omari said it earlier we yeah. will find our way to eighth gen so, all right you know, all right in the building make sure our audience knows exactly where to find exactly. you hours of operation awesome. how do they come and shop awesome so we are open from 10 to 5 30 
1130. You can come down to the Pike Place Market. A lot of you know where the gum wall is. We're below the gum wall in the atrium. So go to the gum wall and go down. <laughs> or you can just get us from First Avenue as well. Um, right there. Oh, yep. We got a great picture right there. And um, you can check out um, our beautiful products. We're open from 10 um, to 530, seven days a week. Um, we just would love for you to come down and check out our products, um, meet our amazing staff who are down there. And, um, you know, we have everything from earrings to scarves to notebooks. It's a great place if you're looking for a gift. We really are specializing right now in graduation um, and also Father's Day. There's If you're looking for a really unique, cool Father's Day gift, we've got some really great products for you. And um, support Native communities, support Native artists. These products are Native designed for you, and we want you to um, enjoy them. Right. Uh, Colleen, right. thank you so much for joining me thank today on you. the Morning Update Show. And thank you for your energy and your effervescence around oh, HGN. We appreciate you know, it. And can't I'm wait just to vibing off of your effervescence. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's a mutual effervescent energy. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> we'll be seeing you soon. Thank Sounds you again great. for being here. Thank you, Tiana. Oh, my goodness. Amazing, amazing work. And after this short break, we're going to be able to dive into some of our segments that we see people are loving it out there. Travel while black you guys stay tuned we'll get right to that after this short break you're watching the morning update show when COVID first hit I was very afraid there was so much things that I had to keep inside because I didn't know where to place my feelings most of my information for COVID is from my own research I'm a doctor in educational leadership and when the FDA approved Pfizer it helped me realize that the vaccination is healthy we don't want to be left behind because we're not taking the vaccine, but we want to get as much information as possible so that we are putting ourselves in better hands and not at great risk. The breathtaking new musical, Afterwards, is the story of the art we make from the love that shapes us. When three women discover unexpected truths, a dazzling mosaic of intersecting lives reveals itself. Featuring a revelatory and soulful new score. Don't miss the world premiere of this captivating new musical, Afterwards, at the Fifth Avenue Theater, April 29th to May 21st. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Welcome to Traveling While Black in Seattle. Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony. This is my wife, Marley. And welcome to another episode of Traveling While Black in Seattle. Yes, welcome back, everyone. And as a brief reminder, our show is based on our experiences in and around Seattle. And we base those experiences off of how good of a drive it was, how much fun we had, and most importantly, how comfortable do we feel as black people visiting for the first time? So on this week's episode, we noticed it's been a little bit of time since we did a neighborhood episode. So we said, let's do it this week. <laughs> Why not? So the neighborhood we chose to check out this time around was the Georgetown neighborhood, which is arguably the oldest neighborhood here in Seattle. Yeah, and on this episode, you'll see why we say arguably, <laughs> but we are very excited for you guys to see our experience. So take a look at the episode, and as always, let us know what you think. Located in the city of Seattle, the Georgetown neighborhood is arguably the oldest neighborhood in Seattle. You're probably wondering what we mean by arguably. Let us explain. 
On September 25th, 1851, the Denny Party first landed on Alki and began plans for the first settlement in what would become known as Seattle. Ha ha! We made it! Ha! The first ones! <laughs> oh, grand. Sir, should we get right to work? This land looks like it may be hard to farm. <laughs> Heck no! We gotta celebrate. Crack open that beer! Two days later, on September 27, 1851, the Collins Party arrived in what is present-day Georgetown. Ah! Thank heavens, we've made it! Ah, looks like the Denny Party's already arrived, across the way. Yes, sir. Looks like they're still celebrating. Should we join them for a beer? No, no. We gotta get to work. Let's start it, right now! <laughs> A year later, despite arriving two days afterward, the Collins Party and their Georgetown settlement was able to complete permanent structures and build a successful farming community. While the Denny Party suffered in relative squalor in an unfinished encampment until their move in 1852 to the future downtown Seattle area. Alas, we're here a year later and we're thriving, unlike our poor friends, the Denny Party. Damn. Come on, pack your things. We're moving. This land's impossible to farm. So because Denny arrived to the area first, but had to move to ultimately settle a new part of the city. And it being that the Collins party, although arriving second, was able to permanently establish their community. You see why when it comes to which is the first neighborhood in Seattle? One can argue either way. Ha, drive grade. It's normally about a 12-minute drive for us to get to Georgetown, but there are multiple ways to get to this neighborhood. Depending on the time and day, traffic could be in play, but with there being multiple routes, you can easily get around that. There isn't anything special about the views either way you go. So while the drive isn't bad, neither is it great. Yeah, so for drive grade, we give it a 4 out of 5. Level of fun. The Georgetown neighborhood is a pretty neat looking neighborhood tucked in the middle of Seattle's industrial district. Yep, if you didn't know any better, you might miss out on some of the neatest shops, restaurants, and bars that make up the cool little neighborhood. If you're looking for a really cool shopping experience, you can check out the Georgetown Trailer Park Mall. The mall, according to their website, is a membership-based sustainable retail model focused on the promotion and advancement of sustainable, locally sourced, upcycled, reused, and handmade products. Yep. There you can find locally made jewelry, ceramics, original artwork, books, vintage clothing, and home decor, among other things. The mall is only open on weekends, Saturday and Sunday, 11 to 6. If shopping doesn't do it for you, maybe arcades will. If you're looking for a cool spot to play a couple of games, check out Flip Flip Ding Ding. Flip Flip Ding Ding is an arcade slash bar that features old school games like Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and a variety of pinball machines. You already know, Mars and I had to jam out on a few of those games, and we had a blast. After shopping and gaming, you may start to get hungry. Georgetown has quite a few restaurants like El Ceriento. El Ceriento is a cool Mexican seafood restaurant that offers a full bar that features a variety of selections of tequila and mezcal. And of course, it serves up some really delicious food. You can dine inside or out back on the patio, or you can get takeout via curbside pickup or delivery. We enjoyed our experience at El Ceriento and definitely recommend you all dropping in. 
Finally, what's dinner without a dessert? Georgetown neighborhood also has options for that as well, like Eleanor's, where you can drop in for some great yogurt. Eleanor's was awesome. And to be honest, our whole experience in Georgetown was pretty awesome. That's why for Georgetown, we give a five out of five for level of fun. Comfortability for black people. So look, as we have mentioned before, there's this thing called the Seattle Freeze. And it is no surprise that in arguably the oldest neighborhood in Seattle, it exists. Yeah, while everyone working the establishments we visited were really friendly and welcoming, walking in and around some of the smaller spots that seemed to be frequented by the same local patrons eh, felt a little cold. Still, on par with the freeze symptoms, if we ended up interacting with those individuals, it was all pleasant. Yep, so no worries, just don't expect to be making a bunch of new friends unless you're willing to make the first move. We give a 4 out of 5 for comfortability for black people. We hope you found this video helpful and entertaining. Be sure to check out all of our previous episodes. Yes, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our page on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our merchandise on TravelMallBlackSeattle.com. And reach out if there's anywhere you would like us to go check out. Until next time, beautiful people, stay up, stay true, and do you. Yes, do you indeed. Shout out to the Travel and Wild Black team. Appreciate you guys and uh, a great episode once again. Um, some history there. Uh, I would say that, you know, Mohai has one, one of the most extensive uh, uh, exhibits around Seattle's history. It's a great another place that y'all might want to check out. Um, I will say that I'm really excited because, of course, on Thursdays, you guys know what we got coming up tonight on Converge Media, 7 p.m. We got clap back culture with julia jesse and mike davis they are going to be talking about all things clap back and you know this country keeps uh, a lot of different segments that they are able to dive into so you guys might want to check that out tonight for sure um i know that they're going to be talking about all kind of things and you know as o said earlier man there's a lot of fallout from this crypto so we'll see if they tag on to that and then also tonight at 9 p.m we got the factors tv there it is the brothers ronald ronnell will be in the building once again giving you their rendition of things that are happening in the city and beyond so you guys want to make sure you tune into both of those shows and tomorrow on feel good friday i get to bring my girl t-dub back into the building with us uh, she'll be talking about all things art of the matter and all things happening in the art world on the ground so excited to have t-dub back in studio and then also we got antonisha jackson she'll be joining us uh we'll be talking about her business and also all of these amazing events that are coming up in the summer we may have a couple other guests for you guys uh tomorrow too so it's going to be a jam-packed show and i just want to say so appreciate you guys for watching and staying tuned with us it was a great episode today with colleen echo hawk you know for me, all of these guests always inspire me to see myself as a part of the solution and to continue in the work that I'm doing. I hope that you guys felt some inspiration as well as Colleen brought all of her big ball of energy talking about all things 8th Generation. And please make sure you check us, take a stop over there at 8th Generation and buy some of these amazing products by these Native artists. Um, of course, uh, you know, I'm saying see yourself as a part of the solution, be inspired, but also there's something that you can bring to this world to make it a better place. I want to encourage you to do just that. And of course, as Omari would say, we want you to go forward in your purpose, go forward in your humanity. Going to leave you again with a little bit of hope from Shana Shepard. And until tomorrow for Feel Good Friday at 11 a.m., peace.
What do I see through a lens of fear? A thousand little steps to go. What do I fear after all these years? Lord knows I don't even know. I've been running on the edge of a sundial, sleeping in the shadow. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.